right, I want to draw your attention to verse 37. This is where we're going to get our text this morning. It says in uh, John 18, 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The title of the message is, To this end was he born. We see Jesus makes this statement right here. When he's uh, you know, on trial, he's standing before Pilate, he's about to be killed, and he says, To this end was I born. What was going on with Jesus Christ, what ended up happening with Jesus on the cross, it was always God's plan. It was, it was the, the reason for him coming. It was he came to this earth so he could bear witness of the truth. He said, this end was I born. And then he was going to go to that cross and he was going to die and he was going to pay for our sins. And I think that it's appropriate this time of year while we celebrate the birth of Christ and the, the coming of Christ that we just take some time to remember and to reflect on why he came. Because while it is a, you know, a great story that gives us a lot of good feelings, you know, there's a lot of good imagery uh, that goes along with the Christmas story. Pro- the imagery probably actually wasn't really that great back when it happened. But, you know, usually the imagery we see today of the stars and the angels and the mangers and the animals, you know, it's usually kind of a pleasant sight. And it does. It gives a good feeling. I, I love the songs about the birth. I, lo- I, I love all the Christmas songs. I enjoy them greatly. They give me a good feeling when I hear them this time of year. And the thing is, the birth of any baby is always an exciting thing, is it not? I mean, it's something that we all love. We celebrate. I mean, it is a great moment when that child comes into the world and you get to see it for the first time. It's something that, that we all love. It is a really great thing. But at the same time, too, you know, something we don't really like to think about, especially when it comes to your children, when you're so excited about them coming into this world, just as sure as they came into this world physically and had a birth, if the Lord tarries is coming, there's going to be a death to one of these days. And of course, it's every parent's hope that, you know, you will outlive your children. It's their hope that they'll live a long time. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they go before the parents do. And that's always a tragic thing when that happens. And I know many people have experienced that. And, and I pray that I never, I, I never do. But it could happen. And obviously, Mary did experience that. You know, Mary, uh, she was, in fact, the mother of Jesus. And uh, even though Jesus was special and that he was her savior, it had to have been a very difficult thing for her to watch him hang on that cross. And But at the same time, <clears throat> that cross is why he came to this earth. Whenever we think about the birth of Christ, I think it's important that we also remember the cross, that we remember the whole reason that he came to this earth. There's a lot of people today, too. They know a lot about the Christmas story. You know, they got that story down pretty good, but they don't understand a lot of things about the cross. And there's some pretty significant statements that are made in this passage that I want to look at that I think will help us understand uh, some things about salvation and, of course, uh, the, the necessity of Jesus going to the cross, because basically when Jesus makes a statement to this end was I born, he's basically saying, I was born to die. And we sing the song, and it's in our hymn book, Born to Die. That is, he did not come to this earth to give life to himself. He came to lay down his life, to give life to all the rest of us. 
And that is something that we ought to celebrate. It's something that we ought to be excited about, and we don't want to forgive it, forget about it. So let's take a quick look at this passage and some of the things that were said in there, because there's some really good stuff in here. Look what it says in verse 33. It says, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And it's interesting because it's always, it's always enjoyable reading the questions that people would ask Jesus. Because people, when they would ask Jesus questions, it was usually like a lawyer asks you questions today, or maybe a cop asks you questions. They like to ask, ask you questions because, you know, what you say can get you condemned. You know, the, the words that come out of your mouth can literally cause you to do prison time. That's why, you know, we have the right to remain silent. You know why? Because anything we say can and will be used against us in a court of law. You say that's a conspiracy. No, that's fact. That's what they tell us. That's what they tell you every time they arrest you. And it's amazing how many people, whenever they're being you know, questioned by a cop, you know, forget, hey, I've got the right to remain silent. This guy is looking to accuse me of something. You know, and the last thing I want to do is go and get in trouble literally only for words that came out of my mouth. So, you know, just a little side note right there for you. You have the right to remain silent, and it's probably a good thing to do. And so when people would ask Jesus questions, it was often to try to condemn him. If he can say something wrong, we can get him. Then that will give us a cause to, you know, have him put in prison or have him put to death. And so here you've got the Jews that bring this, you know, they bring Jesus to Pilate. Wanting Pilate to condemn him, the Jews didn't have the authority to kill him. They'd have done it in a heartbeat if they could have. So they take him to Pilate, who actually did have the authority, and they've accused him of all these things. So the thing, truth is, they hadn't delivered any proof, and they did have some sort of legal system then. They did need to provide some proof. So Pilate, he's just asking Jesus a very direct question here. And if Jesus' answer is wrong, this would be something that could get him condemned. And so he asked them, Art thou the king of the Jews? And if Jesus would have just said, Yes, I am the king of the Jews, then they would have felt, had felt just cause to kill him right there. Well, uh, sorry, Herod's the king. You're obviously trying to overthrow the king. Therefore, we're going we're to kill you. But what's amazing, though, about how Jesus... Uh, you know, about this whole thing with Jesus Christ is that he did, he had predicted his death. He had told his disciples multiple times, I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinful men. I'm going to die. Three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And so what's amazing, though, about Jesus predicting his death is the fact that he broke no laws. And you know what else? He wasn't even convicted of anything. Now, you say, why is that important? Why is that significant? Well, first off, it wouldn't be a big deal if I predicted my death by the hands of the government. Like, imagine if I said, folks, you know, the Lord gave me a, a vision, a prophecy, and within six months, I'm going to be put to death by the hands of the government. You know, and in your mind, you're going to be thinking, wow, you know, persecution is going to get bad. You know, Pastor Tom is going to be a martyr. But then, let's say I go tomorrow, and I go, you know, shoot up a mall or something like that. And then, you know, they put me to death. Was, was that much of a prophecy? Because I did ask for it, didn't I? I broke a law, and then they went, and I was, I was justly condemned. But Jesus Christ predicted that he was going to be executed, and he broke no laws. And while he was accused of many things, do we see him convicted of anything? I mean, this trial that he goes through, we're, we're going to see they had nothing on him. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. 
but yet he still died. That's that's amazing right there. That's just that's another example of Jesus just showing how uh, you know you know showing the uh, the pro- uh, prophecy that he called before it happened. That's an amazing thing right there when you call something like that before it happens. If I prophesy that I'm going to get a speeding ticket this week, that's not really impressive if then I'm going out there speeding. But Jesus prophesied that he was going to be put to death even though he had broke no laws. That was an amazing thing. And so, in verse 34, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself about him being the king of the Jews, or did others tell it of thee? So Jesus, he turns around and he asks a question to Pilate to let him know there was no reason for Pilate to believe that Jesus was trying to overthrow anybody. Because do we see Jesus trying to overthrow anybody in this story? Do we see Jesus being a physical threat to anyone his entire life? You know, I mean, unless you feel it threatening when he's raising people from the dead, if you feel threatened by him healing lame people, there was no reason for anyone to feel a physical threat from Jesus Christ. Yet here he is being put on trial and, you know, possibly be put to death. You know, for all these horrible crimes, even though nobody had any evidence, even though other accounts in the gospel talk about how they had they brought witnesses against them, but they had a law that the witnesses had to agree before, you know, two or three witnesses. They had to have two or three witnesses to put somebody to death. And while they had multiple witnesses, nobody's witnesses agreed together. Jesus was put to death against the law of the Jews. And that that was significant, too, because of the fact that. That Jesus, in order for him to die for the sins of the whole world, he can't be guilty of any sin. So, if Jesus, so I mean, right there, the fact that Jesus, Jesus did have to be executed against the law. And he was. They never, they never in any way, shape, or form found a way to legitimately put him to death. So he's asking Pilate this question. Let him know there's no reason to believe that he was trying to overthrow him except for what he had been hearing from other people. So he's basically saying to Pilate, do you think I'm the king of the Jews, or do you think that I'm a threat because of something that you saw yourself? Or is it because of something somebody told you? He's basically saying here, Pilate, have you been watching CNN? Because have you ever noticed how people often have these just crazy ideas and crazy thoughts? And it's like, you know, where did you get that from? You know, Anderson Cooper... Like, okay, so did you, you know, did you actually see something yourself? Or for example, too, you know, we live in a world where everybody gets offended all the time. You know, we're pretty much all supposed to watch the news. You know, Christians, we're supposed to watch Fox News to find out what we're offended by. But then everybody else is supposed to watch CNN and MSNBC and all that. that that's pretty much what the news is all about these days. And so it's, like, it's amazing how, you know, there'll be riots or something because of some racial slur that somebody said or somebody, somebody did something homophobic, somebody did something uh, or maybe against the Christians, and we're all supposed to be mad about it. But, you know, here's the thing I want to ask these people that are rioting sometimes, these people that are protesting, is, you know, why are you protesting? Is it because of something that you heard someone say, or is it because of something somebody told you that someone said? And when you stop to think about it, most people wouldn't have a clue, you know, that anybody had done anything bad had somebody not told them. You know, you think about all the, you know, the LGBTs whose feelings we hurt last year because of the massive conference. Now, did their feelings get hurt 
because of something that they heard from us, like at our church, or even because they accidentally went on our YouTube channel? Or was it because of one of their own, you know, went and told them, hey, listen to what these people said? You know, listen, I'm not cool enough to get as many haters as I've gotten all by myself and with my own YouTube channel, all right? I, I'm, I'm not cool enough for that. I have to have help. And, you know, and there's plenty of homos out there that are looking to get laws changed where you can't say anything against them, that are out there digging. You know, I mean, right now, there's some idiot watching my program, right, right watching the sermon right now, just waiting for me to say something that's offensive so he can go write an article and go tell everybody how horrible I am. Right now, somebody is watching that. They've got people assigned to watch my preaching. All right, and whoever you are, you're a loser, all right? And, and, and your life stinks. And I hope you learned something from this preaching. But, you know, if you want, if you want to hear me say something offensive, just call me up and, I'll, and just ask me the questions. And I'll just tell you the truth. And then you can save yourself listening to a whole bunch of sermons. All right, that was for whoever's listening on, on the internet right now. So... Uh, and I will. I'll do that. Call me up this week, and I will. I will say all kinds of offensive things, and I'll use homophobic slurs and everything for you. Give you some good sound bites. All right. So, but I, I'm not going to waste my time with that right now. But notice how Jesus had the same kind of problem back then. You know, Pilate, you haven't seen anything. Nobody's proved anything to you. But who are you listening to? You heard this. You know, this is because of what you're hearing from someone else. And so verse 35, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? So Pilate is using very foolish reasoning here, basically saying he can't imagine that anyone would just accuse Jesus out of spite. You know, hey, it's your own people that delivered you to me. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Yes, they didn't provide any evidence. But isn't, isn't it proof the fact that you're, there's all these accusations? And folks, accusations aren't proof. Okay? A- accusations are not proof. People these days, they can accuse you of anything. And, you know, our country has got this twisted idea that you are guilty until proven innocent. When it used to be you're innocent until proven guilty. And just an accusation, and then especially to a baseless accusation. You know, they, they literally, no evidence, no witnesses that can agree together. Jesus was not private. He was not secretive about the things he said. Often the things that he preached, there were literally multitudes hearing him, yet they couldn't get two or three witnesses to agree together. You know why? Because they were lying. That was why. And so, you know, but Pilate, he's just using foolish reasoning, thinking, well, they, they wouldn't be accusing you of this for nothing. I, surely you, you must have done something. And I used to feel that way as a kid. You know, I was always getting accused of things. Being the, when, you're, when you're the preacher's kid, you know, as, as a pastor, you often use your family as an example. And I've taught the guys here, never use your family as an example. You know, never, when you're preaching, never say, you know, you know what a godly woman is? Look at my wife. You know, you ought to do everything just like her. Because then you put all this pressure on her. And then now it's like, well, I don't want to do that. And so then everybody's trying to find fault. You know, same thing, too, with, the, your, with your kids. You know, my kids are the model kids. And, you know, if yours aren't as good as mine, it's because you're a bad parent. You, know, you, you don't say stuff like that. Now everybody's watching for fault with my kids. Everybody's going to come tattling to me all the time. And, that, and that's just foolish. And, you know, my kids have issues just like anybody else's kids. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on him. But I remember when I was a kid, you know, it was, it was always like, you know, 
I would deal with that kind of junk. And it was always kind of like, well, you must have done something. It's like, no, these people are idiots. You know, I was just a kid, but even I was wise enough to know, no, their kids are rotten. They're tired of me getting compared to them. And so they just got to find something wrong with me. Yeah, and that's pretty much what's going on right here. You know, Paul's like, oh, they wouldn't accuse you. Well, yes, they would. You know why? Because they just hated Jesus. They hated him. They hated his words. They hated the things he taught. Just like the Bible prophesied that he would be despised and rejected of men. So John, he came into his own, and his own received him not. They hated the truth that Jesus was preaching, so they're accusing him of all these things. And so in verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now remember that statement right there. We'll, we'll say more about that in a little bit. But Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? I mean, Pilate said, what is truth? To the way, the truth, and the life. Think about that for a minute. Pilate is saying, what is truth to Jesus Christ? He's got him right in front of him. Pilate cannot understand Jesus' message. You know why? Because he was not of the truth. Only those who are of the truth. Only those who are saved are going to be able to hear that. Everyone is of the truth. Heareth my voice. And Pilate can't hear him. Because Pilate was lost. And when, Jesus, when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault in them at all. Okay? So right there, just... Proof, once again, Jesus did in fact break no laws. And even when he gets killed, it is, was against the law. They broke the law by killing Jesus Christ. They had, no right, they, they had no reason to do that. So Jesus' kingdom was clearly spiritual, and it was not a physical threat to Pilate. But notice, Pilate didn't get the spiritual message. And, but he did understand Jesus did not deserve to die. And so then verse 39... Pilate thinks, I've got an out here. Because Pilate's just a typical politician. He's just going along with whatever the people are saying, just trying to make everybody happy. And then it says in verse 39, But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? He's thinking this should be an easy one. You know, surely, you know, this would be a good guy to release, seeing that he hasn't done anything. And then at the same time, they can kind of feel like, well, yeah, you know, he got convicted, but that custom, it got rid of him, so Pilate's just kind of off the hook. That's kind of what he's thinking. But then they cried, but then cried they all again, saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. And I believe that's an interesting, too, that the man that they chose, a robber, a thief, this is just kind of a side note, if you go to Jeremiah... Before the Babylonian captivity, one of the main sins that God, God got onto Israel for was stealing and for them being thieves. That was one of the main things he got onto them for. If you go to Zechariah, after the Babylonian captivity, we have uh, the Israel is wondering if they should continue this custom of fasting and weeping in remembrance of them going into Babylonian captivity. And then God basically asked him, did you learn your lesson? And he specifically is bringing up the stealing. 
Zechariah is bringing it up again, making sure that they understood that. And then he, and then in Zechariah it prophesies that triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, where he where he came into the temple. And do y'all remember what happened when Jesus came into that temple and he's cleansing the temple? What did he call him out for? You've made my house a house of merchandise. You've made it into a den of thieves. That thievery was one of their main sins that God had got onto them over and over and over again for. And when Jesus Christ comes, right there in the temple, they had turned it into a den of thieves. And then when it comes time to release a prisoner, who did they choose? They chose the thief over Jesus Christ. I think just a perfect picture of just how, I mean, in, you know, in sin these people were and how much they loved their sin. They were, in fact, a wicked people, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they chose a robber to be the one that would be released. You know what they were doing? They were choosing sin over the Savior. And isn't that what everyone does that rejects Christ? They don't want that light. They don't want that truth. They don't want cleansing from their sin. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. So, uh, verse 37 Let's go back to verse 37. So what is the significance of this statement in verse 37? To this end was I born. So it says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, if you want to turn over there, you can. This is a well-known verse. But remember, this is why did Jesus come into this world? When the angel announced to Mary that a child was going to be born to her, she said uh, in verse 21, And he shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The whole point of Jesus Christ coming to this earth, it was not to go build a kingdom for the Jews and uh, you know to conquer all their enemies. The problem that the Jews had was a sin problem. That was their problem. They didn't need to be saved from the Romans. They needed to be saved from their sins. And that was why he came. That was why he had to die. And Jesus Christ, he died in place of that robber, in place of that thief, in place of that sinner. And I, do, I believe that's a picture, too, of Jesus Christ dying in place you know, of the Jews, in place of the sinners, all of us. He went and he died in our place and, you know, our world today, it's obsessed with every problem you can imagine to the point our world has to make up problems today. We do. We have to make up diseases, disorders. But, you know, and, and, the, and our world, it blames everything for all problems, you know, you know, climate change, you know, whatever. I mean, we've, we've just we've made up we've made up diseases. We've made up disorders. But the problem that our country has and our world has is a sin problem. That's all there is to it. We, there is a sin problem. But here's the wonderful thought about that. The world has a sin problem, but there's a guaranteed solution, and that's Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even so them that have not sinned after this multitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. 
But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which came by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. What's this saying here? Death passed on all of us. We are all going to die one of these days because of something we inherited from our parents that they inherited from their parents. It goes back to Adam. And that's what I call the sin gene. We've all got the sin gene and it eventually brings death. We all, we, we all have that. But there is also another gene that you can say we can get when we are born again. And that is that, and that, that's that eternal life. That's that righteousness gene that comes from Jesus Christ. And just like death passed upon all men by one, life also can pass on all by one, Jesus Christ. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that's a good verse, too, for these people that say you got to obey to be saved. But, you know, you got to do some works yourself to be saved. No, only one had to be obedience for my salvation, and that was Jesus Christ. Verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that if sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through the righteousness unto eternal life, by Jesus Christ our Lord. So this passage, it, it can't get any clearer than this, that salvation is free and that it's completely without works and by faith in Jesus Christ. And you say then, well, if it's so simple, why is it that people can't understand it? And it's the same reason as Pilate. said so When he, Jesus said, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. You see, it, it's all about Jesus. Okay, when we're talking truth, it's all about Jesus. If you're talking truth and you're not bringing up Jesus, you're not talking truth. Okay? You know, if the real truth movement is the movement talking about Jesus. All right, soul winners are the ones spreading the real truth movement, not the truth movement that, that, that's out there. Jesus Christ is the truth, and there are two kinds of people in this world. There are those from Adam, and there are those from Christ. And you say, well, we're all from Adam. That's why you need to be born again. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, it says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And isn't that why we sing the song, in one of the Christmas songs, Second Adam, from above, reinstate us in thy love? Jesus Christ, you know, he kind of, you know, Adam, uh, you know, he was, a, like, he was a light figure under Christ. But Adam messed up. We as, uh, as, as people, we are made in the image of God, but we are fallen people. We have messed up, but we can be reinstated in the love of God. We can be uh, reborn through faith in Jesus Christ. And the only way to that truth it is through Jesus Christ. But yet many people today, they just can't seem to see it. And why is it? Why can't they see that truth? There's only, one, there's only one reason. It's because they don't want to see it. Nobody doesn't get saved because salvation is too complicated. You know, there's nobody that isn't getting saved because it's hard to be saved. And regularly when we're out soul winning, when we start, first start talking about salvation, a common hurdle that you've got to overcome with people is when you bring up salvation and wanting, you know, hey, would you like to know if you're saved? A lot of times the people, the kind of the way they answer you, it's like, yeah, I want to know, but at the same time, I don't think I can do it. And so you, that's where you just like, you know, please let us give you the gospel so you can see that you can do this. 
It's really easy. But the reason a lot of people don't want to talk to us and don't want to let it get us give them the plan of salvation is because they think they already know it. And they've already tried turning their life around. They've already tried repenting of their sins for salvation. They've already tried all those other things, and they failed miserably. And if we could just get them to, to actually hear the gospel, you know, you know, it's like, they, you know, that's our attitude. Man, anybody who would listen, they'd get saved. Because it's that simple. It's that easy. But the truth is, some people do listen, but they just don't get it. And if they don't get it, it's because they didn't want to. As John 3.19 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. You want to know what Pilate's problem was, why Pilate just wasn't getting things with Jesus? It was because Pilate was a wicked man. Pilate, you know, he doesn't want to kill an innocent man, but Pilate also doesn't want to lose favor with the people either. You know, because if things start getting ugly in Jerusalem, you know, he's going to start having problems with headquarters in Rome. And, you know, he might lose his job. And, you know, the way things were back then, he might have lost his head. So he's like, you know, I've got to do whatever I've got to do to keep the people quiet. But yet here he is. He's standing there before Jesus Christ. He's standing there before the truth. And he's saying, what is truth? You know why? Because he, he didn't he didn't really want to know. He was just thinking about himself. He liked the life that he was living. He liked the, the way things were just as they were. And he wasn't interested in getting to the bottom of things. And a lot of people that are out there today, the truth is, they just don't want to know the truth. They like the life that they're living. They like the wickedness that's going on in their life. And here we go. We'll, you know, we're not Jesus Christ, but do you all understand? We are his ambassadors. We are what Christ has chosen to get the gospel out. So understand, when we're out there and when we knock on people's doors and we give them the gospel, we are exactly what Jesus wants for them. And they... They need to hear us. They should hear us. But often they don't because the last thing they want is for us to shake up anything in their life. And, and, you know, and a way to illustrate this too, you know, when you're coming out of darkness into the light, it's hard to look at light at first, isn't it? You know, we, we experience that in the morning. You wake up, you know, you, somebody turns the light on and, you know, you react to it, don't you? Because it hurts your eyes at first. But, you know... Just give it some time, and your, eye, your eyes will adjust. But sometimes, you know, we don't want to wake up. We just want to stay asleep. You know, what do you do? You pull the covers over your head, you know. You pull the pillow over your face. You try to block out all that light. And that's what a lot of people are doing today. And because our world is so dark and it's so wicked, oftentimes when we come carrying a Bible, when we come bearing the truth, you know, it's kind of like when that police officer comes to your car and he shines a flashlight in your face, too. You know, it kind of, it kind of takes you off guard, you know. You, you, you turn away, or you've ever had that spotlight shine in your face. You know, you, yet you don't like it at first, but give it time, and you'll just, if these people would just take some time, if they would just listen. And people who do want truth, they will. And I'm sure some of you experienced it before. You know, the first time you heard some good Bible preaching, you know, you probably at first were just kind of like, you know, what is this? Yeah. But sometimes you get curious. You know, like, 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go watch that again. I'm going to. Go, I'm going to go listen to that again. You know, how many of the first time you heard, you know, a fundamental Baptist preacher preaching, you got offended? Okay. All right, so, so many of you. Okay, I grew up with it, so I guess I never really had that. But yeah, but the, here's here's the thing. Why did you go? Why did you go listen again? You know, you know, because there was something in you, you know, that you, know, you got a little curious about that light. And some people, as that light shines and truth starts getting revealed, you know, if they're if they're a decent person, if they're a good person, you know what? They're gonna they're gonna be glad. Hey, I do have a sin problem. What do I got to do, you know, to get rid of this sin? You know, and then, but that evil person, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna run into the darkness. I don't want to know. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to know about Jesus. And that's why too. You know, you've got like the atheist crowd out there that are doing everything they can to stop, you know, anything public when it comes to Christianity because they hate that light. That's why they want to shut us down on YouTube. You know why? Because they hate the light that we're that we're putting out there. They want to be able to enjoy their wicked lifestyle. And and the thing is, if we're shining a light on it, it's going to be hard to do that. And. But Jesus Christ, he came to bear witness of that truth. To that end was he born. He came into this world to bear witness of that truth. And what is that truth? That truth is that Jesus Christ paid for the sins of the whole world. That truth is that we need a Savior. And it's important that we don't forget that. It's important that when we talk about the the Christmas story and what this time of year is all about, it's important that we bring up the cross. Because that was the purpose. Great, he was born. But here's, here's why it was great that he was born. It wasn't even just because of who he was, even though that was a great thing. But it was because of what he was going to do. And if he would have been born, if that was all there was to the story, then the Christmas story sinks. You know, if, if, if you know, the story was him healing people, raising people from the dead, and it ended there, then you know what? The story stinks because those people died of something else later. You know why that story is great? Because he went to the cross. And you know what? If it was just the cross, the story would still stink if he had just died. But you know what? He didn't just die. He rose again. And because he rose again, we now can know that we will rise again one of these days. We know one of these days we're going to be with him in heaven. We now have hope in Christ because of these things. And so make sure this time of year, as you look to the birth of Christ, you remember that phrase, to this end was I born. He came to this earth to die, to pay for your sins, to bear witness of that truth. And if you're saved today, it's good. you have received that truth, and you ought to be thankful for it, and you ought to praise God for it. And so I hope that was a help. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you so much for coming to this earth. And help us, Lord, this time of year as we celebrate your first coming and as we celebrate your birth, that we remember we take the time to remember why you came here and to remember uh, what you did for us. And I pray that you'll help us to, to spread that truth to as many people as we can that will share it to this whole world. In your name we pray. Amen.